person next to you. And just welcome the Holy Spirit's presence on yes. their life and upon your life. Upon every organ and every tissue of their body. Upon their mind and their emotions and their soul. That your soulish area be released today to worship the yes, King of Kings yes, and the Lord of Lords. May you be here in his presence focused. At this moment, focus all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind on how much he loves you. And he proved that by sending his son for you. Just bring your mind under control right now. Pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It's that anointing that lifts the burdens to destroy the yokes. Let that anointing be upon you and upon your loved ones right now. Whatever needs you may have. We pray, Father, for Sister Barbara, Tyson's brother, Brother Fontenot, for all those, Father, who are believing, Father's for a miracle in their bodies, those who are believing for a miracle in their jobs, those who are believing for their children, yes. their marriages, yes, God. for our country. Yes, God. And Heavenly Father, I come before you and I pray for the 20% of our military who don't believe in you. Come on, yes. I pray right now and I thank you for a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit and a revival among our military around the world and in this nation. Yes, those who have not made a de de decision whether they believe or not. I thank you that there is an anointing that is breaking down the power of Wicca within the military. Yeah, hallelujah. And Islam and any other religion and any other type of occult or anything that lifts up more than the name of Jesus and the word. For there is only one name given among men and it's thy name, Jesus. That's right, hallelujah. Jesus. So we praise you for reaching out and saving them, Jesus. delivering them. We honor you this morning. Hallelujah. In the omnipotent name of Jesus, we pray. Now look at that neighbor next to you. Hug their neck and shake their hand and tell them, I love you in the love of the Lord. Just go ahead and tell them you love them in the love of the Lord. Hallelujah, are you blessed? Praise God, you done worship the sun out. Glory be to God. We welcome you this morning. We bless you. Anybody here at all visiting us for the first time? Anybody for the first time? Okay, right here, I see that. Over there, hey, my brother, bless you. Anybody else for the very first time? God bless you, sis. Anybody over here? God bless y'all. Good having you. God bless you. Good having you. Over here, God bless you. Good having y'all. Hallelujah, anybody else? We're just glad you're here, and we bless you. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. If you have your Bibles, look at Proverbs chapter 13. I want to welcome everybody on the internet. And uh, Brother Shane David, our children's church pastor, he's over there with Mickey and Donald and his twin Goofy. <laughs> and I just want to tell y'all hello if y'all are being good and watching my internet. And, you know, I could have saved you a lot of money. Hello, Shane. You didn't have to go all the way over there. I could have been Mickey for you. Hallelujah. And there's Goofy. Hallelujah. Anyway, we want to say hello to everybody on the Internet, and we just bless you today as we come together to honor the Word in the name of Christ. 
Proverbs chapter 31, 25. Receive the living word today, as it says here. She is clothed with strength. I'm going to say it. You are clothed with strength and dignity. And you laugh without fear. This is the New Living Bible. You laugh without fear concerning the future. Now, that's a powerful scripture because... You know, the enemy's trying to bombard everybody's mind about what's going to happen about this, what's going to happen about that. Well, Proverbs 31 there says, we are clothed with strength and dignity that we laugh. Somebody shout out laugh. And smile, I mean, you just enjoy. God gives you strength to smile at the future. Psalms 91 verse 1 says that we, inha- we, that we abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. It says that we, that He is our dwelling place. He is the God of our provision to meet all of our needs. And I read an article that was written in March of 88. And it tells about an organization that was offering $5,000 a wolf to be captured. So Sam and Jed turned into fortune hunters. Sam and Jed is the Yankees, Thibodeau and Boudreaux. Anyway, listen. Day and night, they they, they went up the mountains and forests looking for their valuable prey. Exhausted one night, they fell asleep, dreaming of their potential fortune. Suddenly, Sam awoke to see they were surrounded by 50 wolves, eyes and bared teeth. He nudged his friend, and he said, Jed, wake up. We're rich. (laughs) How many of you know that's the way you got to look at things? Amen. He wasn't saying, oh, God, we're going to die. He was saying, oh, boy, they came to us. Well, I want you to know, when you abide under the shadow of the Almighty, punch them and say, hey, we're blessed. We're delivered. We're redeemed. Our God is the true God, and he will not fail us or forsake us. It says about this lady, it says about you, that your strength and the courage of God. She's so strengthened. It says that in verse 16, she buys and she plants when others are saying, hide it and keep it. Verse 20 says she helps the poor when others are saying, just be ready if you can't even help yourself. And Psalms 37, 19 says, in the days of famine, you will have abundance. Would you receive that? In the days of famine, in the days of recession, in the days of problems, you will have abundance. Somebody shout out abundance. You see, that's our God. He provided for 3 million in the desert. He provided for 40 years every day. Their clothes never uh, wore out. The food, the raiment. He fed them angels' food. So I just want you to know, that's the God we serve. And when it looks like the enemy comes in like a flood, like old Jed and Jim was surrounded by them wolves, when the enemy comes in and the devil's just coming against you every way he can, you just go ahead and punch your wife and you punch your buddy and you just say, greater is he that's in me and you than he that's within the world. Come on, give the Lord praise today. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, with us, just come forward. We're going to receive this morning's offerings and tithe. Hallelujah. We're glad you're here. I like that story. I thought maybe some of you hunters might like that story. Hallelujah. Father, we come before you and we bless you and we thank you that we abide in the secret place of the Most High, the shadow of the Almighty. We say of the Lord, we say of you, our Father, in the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit that's ever present, that you are our refuge, our fortress, our God, in whom we trust. It doesn't matter of the men who are trying to say, let's take in God we trust off of whatever they wanted to take it over. They can't take it out of our hearts. They can't take it out of the Word. 
and they can't take it out of being the truth. We trust in you, Father, and they that trust in you, Psalms 112 says, will never be put to shame. So we bless your people and we honor you with our tithes and offerings and we thank you for the opportunity to worship you. We thank you for the honor to be called your children. Let the Redeemer of the Lord say so in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. You are the source of life. I can be left behind. No one else will do. I will take hold of you. You are the source of life. I can be left behind. No one else will do. I will take hold of you. Cause I need you, Jesus, to come to my rescue. Where else can I go? There's no other name by which I saved. You captured me with grace. I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow you. I'm gonna follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. And I will follow you This world has nothing for me Cause I need you, Jesus To come to my rescue And where else can I go? There's no other name by which I am saved Capture me with grace, I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow you. I will follow.
Your blood speaks of better words than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. It speaks righteousness to me and stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. Your blood speaks of better words than all the empty claims I've heard upon this earth. Speaks righteousness to me and stands in my defense. Jesus, it's your blood. What can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can wash us pure as snow? The world comes as the friends of God. Nothing but your blood, nothing but your blood, King Jesus. Your blood testifies of grace, tells of the Father's heart to make a way for us. Now boldly we approach. Not by earthly confidence It's only by your blood What can wash things? What can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us? What can wash us pure as snow? Welcome as the friends of God. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood. Of We sing, we praise, we praise you for the blood. Jesus, we praise you for the blood. Nothing but your blood, nothing but your blood, King Jesus. We praise you, sing now. And we praise you for the blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We praise you for the blood. Nothing but, nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood, King Jesus. 
What can wash sing? And what can wash away our sins? What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash us? What can wash us pure as stone? Welcomed as a friends of God. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood, King Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We praise you for the blood. Oh, we praise you for the blood. There's nothing but the blood. Nothing but your blood, King Jesus. We thank you, sing. And we thank you for your blood. Hallelujah. And we thank you for your blood. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood, King
but this is a celebration. Yes. His body, his body, his body uh, took your diseases and your pain. And for this, we are free and we are celebrating the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the honor and the power. Father, we come before you and we praise you that you sent your son Jesus. And that night he took bread and he broke it. As you broke it, you said, this is my body that is broken with what breaks you. What is broken with the curse and the heaviness of the law, which is broken with rituals and rites and dealings of men, the satanic power of hell. This is my body. I take it all. And I am broken that you can be restored. Take eat in remembrance of me. So we praise you for this body. As we take it and we remember and we honor the hollow day that you paid the price to set us free. Let's partake of the bread. That same night he took of the cup. He said, this is my blood. It'll all be spilled. That whosoever calls upon my name shall be saved. Though you may be covered with stains of sin, death, and yokes, when you accept the power of my blood, my blood will speak over you, and you shall be forgiven, you shall be whole, and you shall be made perfect in my blood, which is spilled out for the forgiveness of your sins. We thank you for the cup that you blessed. And as we take the cup, we receive the same blessing you pronounced that night that you gave to your disciples. Receive the blessing of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Can you give him praise? Yeah. Can you give him praise? Hallelujah. Yeah. Give the Lord praise. Thank you for the blood We thank you for the blood Nothing but your blood Nothing you, but Jesus. your blood thank King Jesus Go ahead and praise him for the blood and we thank you for your blood. Receive your wholeness. Receive your wholeness. We thank you for the blood. Thank you for the blood of the Lamb. We thank you, Lord. Nothing but your blood. Nothing but your blood. King Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord another hand of praise. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here today. We bless you. Well, you know, we started this year off in January uh, with the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, we've gotten, here we are in August, and we're coming to an end in joy. So how many know we've gotten really into it? But you know, the world does all the studies they can as far in the area of trying to find out 
fixing flus and everything else. But how many of you know the Word of God is good about fixing you and me? And so today we want to study about joy, the connection, disconnecting from loneliness. And I want you to see today, I started sharing with you last week out of the book of Samuel about David's kids. They came back, his kids and his wives were taken. But I want you to see this verse 6 here. It says, Now David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters was grieved. Every man for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Say that with me. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. How many of you know, many times, how many of you have ever been alone in a battle? And you wonder, why isn't somebody calling me? Why isn't somebody standing with me? Why do I feel like I'm going through this all by myself? And today you're going to see that one of Israel's most loved kings identify, and he knows what you felt like. And more than that, Christ has been in your place. But a lot of us have been through things. Mother Teresa said, the most terrible thing alone is not the poverty of food or finances, but the poverty is loneliness and feeling unwanted. Do you know that 22% of Americans ate alone last night? And that doesn't count how many ate with somebody and then had to go home or somewhere alone. That's not counting how many live with someone but yet feel alone. You know, Brother Guy and Sister Christy sing that song and they do an awesome job about there is a fountain. How many know that song? There is a fountain that flows from Emmanuel's veins. An awesome song. That song was written by William Cooper in the early 1700s. He was a friend of John Newton who, who wrote Amazing Grace. And together they wrote a hymnal. What many don't know is William Cooper was a manic depressive. He tried committing suicide three times. He was in, in, back and forth in a mental institution. Uh, one of the first times he had a nervous breakdown was he was trying to marry his first cousin. So I guess Jerry Lee Lewis must have read something about that. But anyway, he was a severe manic depression. But he wrote all of these songs. And listen to what it says about him. He was one of the most popular poets of his time. And it says he changed the direction of the 18th century with his poetry. Now, all of this was true about the man. And everybody believed this about the man. But the man did not believe it about himself. And you know, God... And his word speaks things and is true about you. But today, you've got to say, no matter where I've been and what I've done and how I feel, it doesn't matter what I feel or think about myself. It matters what God has said and written his word about me. And he's, he, he went through a number of times of, of insanity. And he, but yet he wrote this book and he wrote the hymns, There's a Fountain Filled with Blood, sh Light Shining Out of Darkness, God Moves in Mysterious Ways, uh, The Spirit Breathes Upon the Word, Heart My Soul, It is the Lord, To Jesus the Crown of My Hope, Far from the World, O Lord, I Flee. Here's this man who had a, a song in his spirit when even his mind wasn't working. How many over 40 understand that? You got, a song, you got a song in your spirit. But sometimes the mind just isn't working. But you know, David went through all that. And I want you to see this scripture here. Psalms 142 verse 4. I look for someone to come and help me. But no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Have you ever felt that way? That's Psalms 142 verse 4, the New Living Translation. Huh? Listen. 
We've been taught, don't ever speak negative and don't ever admit what you're feeling. But how many of you know that sometimes it's not, a, it's not that you're confessing something. It's a matter that you're speaking to it to deal with it. And we want to deal with it today and be honest and express, I want to be free from this. Psalms 25, 16, turn to me and be gracious to me for I am lonely. Now, do you know that David was the most beloved king. Do you know that he probably, he had hundreds if not thousands of people around him all the time. But he is saying what? I am lonely. Now he was a man after God's own heart, but he was admitting I was lonely. Now I got a little something special for you. I, you know, I like to play with you and we're going to have a little fun today. Because especially when I know I'm hitting something that could hurt, I want to make it unhurt. And I believe more than that, the Holy Spirit wants to make it unhurt. Well, I found, and you know how I am about music, I found an original record of King David singing, Only the Lonely. <laughs> Only the Lonely. Know the way I Just ain't right. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't want y'all to start tapping your foot too much. I heard some tapping there. I go, God, oh man. But anyway, he goes on and sings, Only the lonely knows why I cry and why I'm lonely. Only, know, only the lonely knows the heartaches I've been through. How many of you know why he wrote that song? He wrote that song after he got a phone call that his wife and I believe one or two of his children were killed tragically. You know, we, say, we hear that song, and, you know, it's a beautiful song, and everybody was familiar, but yet you don't know the heartache that song was written out of. And David was saying, I'm alone. I feel alone. Where, where's the life? But I love the last part that Brother Roy Oberson, I hope he was a brother, wrote, maybe tomorrow a new romance and no more sorrow. And I want to show you today in a few minutes that through about the Apostle Paul that I believe that's what he was saying in Philippians and we'll get to that in a minute. But let me finish with King David. Now look, Psalms 102 verse 7. It says here, I lie awake. I have become like a lonely bird on a housetop. How many of you know when you feel lonely, that's not a roof you want to walk under when there's a lonely bird up there, is it? But listen. He says, I feel like a lonely bird. Just this week, my kids and I were outside, and I, there was a, a bird on the fence. And, uh, you know, that's the type of bird we have two cats, our cats look for. And when you're lonely and you want to isolate yourself and you go, I oh, mean, I just feel like I'm a lonely bird, that's the type of victim that the enemy looks for. That's why the Word of God says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves, because when you isolate yourself, that's what opens the doors and allow the enemy to come in. It talks about the wolf and the sheep. And when the sheep are scattered, the wolf doesn't go after the whole herd. He looks for the one who's lagging behind or off lost. So David was going through this time of lonely. Psalm 69 verse 20, it says, Reproaches have broken my heart so that I am in despair. Listen, I looked for pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. How many people, even in the body of Christ, feel that way? I look for comforters. I look for somebody to comfort me and help me. Some people have complained about 
me asking, now y'all, we've done it for years now, turn around, give somebody a hug, give somebody a handshake. And some people say, well, you know, I don't like all that hugging stuff, you know, but for some people, that's the only hug they're going to get in a week. For some people, that's the only feeling they will be able to feel that somebody really loves me and really cares for me and I belong to somebody. And David here, here's King David, the most beloved for all these psalms, the guy who cut the giant's head off. And what does he keep talking about? I'm lonely. I looked for pity, but there was none. For comforters, but I found none. How many of you know loneliness is when you feel cut off from others? Look at the message translation. I am broken by their taunts. Flat on my face, reduced to nothing. I looked in vain for one friendly face, but not one. I couldn't find one shoulder to cry on. You know, this some, uh, Benito Mussolini said, It seems my tragic destiny that in all important moments of my life, I find myself alone. Listen to this. Sometimes, I think the only people who stay with me and really listen are the people I hire and the people I pay. Marilyn Monroe. An actress on a farmer's daughter wrote, Sometimes I get so lonely I could scream. She committed suicide. Loneliness is an opportunity, F.B. Mir, for Jesus to make himself known. Amen? Psalms 62.5 For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from him. Listen, if you're taking notes, if your expectation, your hope is in people to always be there, they're not always going to be there. You're not always going to find that shoulder you need to cry on. But David finally said, but wait a minute. I know someone who's always going to be there for me. I know someone who's going to feel my pain and reach down and touch me and help me at that moment. Psalm 73, 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. Listen. A Florida bachelor sent his picture to a Lonely Hearts Club. They replied... We just ain't that lonely. <laughs> a bore keeps you from feeling lonely, but makes you wish you were. Many people are lonely because they build walls and not bridges. And, and that's, that's one I want to stop for here for just for a minute because I, I hear people come up to me even Wednesday night. They say, you know, I want to come back to this church, but I just don't know anybody. I, I, I saw four women sitting on the back row. I said, well, go meet them. Go make friends with them. Don't live behind your walls. Build a bridge. We had couples connection last Friday. And man, we got to hear somebody who fixed their mufflers up. Ain't going to tell who they are because they could be arrested. But they had a nice car. And I'm not going to say what type of car because you might know it. But anyway, we went outside. We had an awesome time playing, rubbing that engine up. It was their gas. And just, we, just had a, we just had an awesome time. But you know, but you know what? It was a couple's night. And there are couples here that's never been a couple's night. But yet say, we don't have any friends. Listen. There's some people that were there. That if you pay me a dollar, I'll tell you. You come and pay me a dollar or buy me a pizza. And I'll tell you who to sit by and you won't be lonely. No, not you. There are leaders in that area, so not you. But listen. There are some people that I could point out to you and say, if you sit by this one, you will not be bored and, and, and you will not even be able to eat your pizza. Wait, wait, I'm telling you something. Wait, 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 one more thing. So listen, if you're lonely, we got a couple's connection. 
hey, aren't y'all getting ready to go to the trough? I mean, not the trough, uh, uh, Ryan's, for the couples, the connectors. I mean, the couples, the singles, and the young at heart. All of y'all meeting together, right? Right here at Ryan's. Man, just go. And you may say, you know what? I don't have any money. Well, listen, we'll pitch in and we'll help it. This Friday, man, listen, this Friday, we're meeting at the Aces Ballpark. We got, Brother Bob's got us a whole section. And we're going to be at the base, our men's meetings at the baseball game. And we're going to all sit together, eat peanuts, eat hot dogs, drink root beer. And uh, if you don't have any money, we're going to help you. Or I'll give you a bottom line. But listen, come and have a good time. But listen, we're doing everything we can and, and we want to do more because we don't want you to feel like you're alone. And, and I'll get to that point in a minute. But listen, loneliness is to disconnect. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, 13, A merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but a sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. The word for conquer, how many know we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus? The word for conquer is the Greek word Nike, but the word for broken is the word nake. And it means smitten and wounded, painful and sorrowful. It describes heartache, grief, anguish, misery, heaviness, desolation, despair, dejection, despondency, hurt, and torment. That's what a broken and a wounded spirit. And Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. Now, if you would just right now just close your eyes. And, and, and I just want you to pray this with me. In the name of Jesus, I accept you as my total freedom. And I renounce a broken spirit, pain and sorrow, heartache, grief, anguish, misery, heaviness, desolation, despair, dejection, despondency, hurt, and torment. I renounce you now in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now come on, let's praise the Lord for it. Let's receive it. Let's receive freedom. Freedom from all that in Jesus' name. Now listen. I don't know if you've read the book. There's a book called Bowling Alone. And, it, and, and it, it's a study about singles and uh, people who are alone. And it says that over the last 25 years, playing cars with friends is 25% down. Visiting with your neighbors is 33% down. Family dinners together is 33% down. Having friends over is 45% down. Making new friends is 33% down. The um, average American has only two close friends. I read that and I started thinking. Billions of people and only two people like you. And if you do the study in 10 years, nobody's going to like you. So we got to fix this. But you know, according to Facebook, I just had Facebook for three days, and I've got over 33, 34 friends already. They're coming out my ears. That's what it's called, check your friends out. But you know what? They're my friends, but if I needed 10 bucks, they wouldn't lend me 10 bucks. They'll write to me, and they'll comment and make fun of me, but they ain't there. If I'm in the hospital, they won't. I ain't going to have 33 people sending me flowers coming to visit me. Are you? How many true friends do you have? And they said the average American has two close friends. But you know, I believe that can change in the body of Christ. Amen? 25% of Americans have no one to confide in. In other words, nobody understands me. 80% of Americans confide only in family. 
And you want to know why we're messed up? Is your family crazy like mine? I mean, you could fight in family and, 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 and look what they're like. Look, I want to tell you something. I don't want you to tell nobody. Oh, man, you've got to be kidding. A magazine said on psychology, the magazine Psychology Today had a girl sitting in a trash can. In other words, I'm dumped. My life means nothing. Craigslist in Seattle, Washington alone had a thousand posts for casual encounters. A thousand posts daily. Some pervert looking for somebody. Somebody who's hurting. Somebody who's lost. Somebody who just wants an acquaintance. Somebody who just wants somebody to talk to. There, this world has billions of people. This church has over 400 people, but yet there is loneliness. This city, everybody says, we live in a small town. 60-something thousand. But you know what? How many big percentage of that 60,000 are people who are fighting loneliness? Hmm? There's a thing. Let me share this with you. There was a study at a college, because you know a lot of kids get in college and then they're lonely, they're missing family, so they get into drinking, they get into all this type of stuff. There was a study given at a college, and uh, they asked the people, how happy are you? And And the answer was very low. And then the second question was, how many dates did you have last month? And they found out that their happiness depended on how many dates they had. So they said, okay, we're going to switch the question around. So then they asked the the, uh, kids at college, how many dates did you have last month? And then they asked how happy they were. And then, no, then they they did the, the opposite and the opposite happened. Then they were happy. This is what the psychiatrist called focused illusion. Write that down. Focused illusion. In other words, my happiness depends upon how well it's going. With them, their happiness depended upon how many dates they had. But when they changed it around and said, how many dates did you have? Then all of a sudden their focus was, well, you know what? Maybe I'm going to end up having a lot of dates and their life got happy. The professional people, the people who works in the economy calls it the mall effect. You know what the mall effect is? Is when you go to the mall and you're all happy. You got your clothes on, you're looking cool, you get in the mall and you see something new and you get dissatisfied and even though you don't want it, you say, I need it. That's the illusion. I know none of y'all are married to that type of person. But the illusion, my wife isn't, I mean, listen, we broke that illusion. Instead of going to the mall, you go to the Goodwill. That'll break all the illusion about, I need that, I need that. No, it'll break that. But you go around and you, you find out, why do I need this? Why, what statement am I trying to make to get attention? Am I that lonely that I'm going to dress like that, thinking that I will get that type of attention? You know, what we wear does tell who we are. That's why brothers don't wear a wife beater t-shirt. I mean, I know it's comfortable, but we wonder about you. And we always, you ever notice you see somebody with a wife beater t-shirt, you always look at their wife's eyes? <laughs> well, I wonder, you know. Better leave Jackie alone, okay. But anyway, you, we make these statements and we wonder. But we got to understand, many times TV and the mall and all these things, they change our focus to make us aware of what we don't have. And many people get married for the wrong reason because they see other marriages and they go, well, why can't I have that? So they cut it off and they try to get that and they find out that's not what I thought I was going to get. It's like a car. 
You may be happy with your car until you find a new car or somebody comes to your house and you get in their new car and their dashboard lights change colors. And like my wife, she's got, she drives a 95 and I drive an 02 and I don't have the iPod connection and I don't have none of that stuff or she don't either. And you see these new cars and it's just like, oh man, I need that connection. I want my lights to change. And you know, it just makes you want to go to the car lot. And you may have a brand new car. Some of you may have an 08 and the 09s came out. And you say, boy, I need that now. All these things trying to fill a void that cannot be satisfied. It's an illusion. You know what we need to do to break these illusions? You need to go to third world countries. And you go a few days without hot water to bathe with, bathe with. I want to tell you something. You can have a revival. Thank God for the revival of the ramp. But you can have a revival coming from the mission field and having hot water. Man, I have gone and I have thanked God for my hot water heater when I come back from the mission field. The things you take for granted, the things, the air conditioning and everything, we're so blessed. 40 million Americans, listen to this, 40 million Americans move every year. I want to ask a question. I read that. How many, how many of you are from Pineville? Raise your hand. God. Okay, put it back down if you don't mind. How many is from somewhere else? The majority is from somewhere else. You want me to tell you something about some of us? Pineville is a different scenery, a different culture. When I was in Argentina, the last 12 years, we were in the Andes Mountains. I woke up every morning, walked out my door, and I had snow-capped mountains about nine months out of the year. People are from different locations, and you move away. 40 million Americans are moving around, new scenery, new culture, new people, and they feel totally alone and hurt and isolated. That's why I'm sharing this message today. How can we, you know, we can confess, the joy of the Lord is my strength, the joy of the Lord is my strength. But if we don't work on what's broken and fix me, how am I going to help encourage and fix others? And so we have to adapt. But you know what helps adapting to a different scenery, a different culture? is making friends. And no, not everybody's perfect. Not everything's going to be the way it might have been somewhere else. But praise God, it's a new day. I'm going to show you also one of the things that Paul said is that one of the things he wrote from prison was grace gives you peace which opens the door for new memories. God wants you making new memories. I want to give you a word today from a man who wrote from prison. It's not over for you. May the God of grace and peace give you the anointing on your mouth and through your heart that the same comfort for which I am comforted, may I be able to comfort others. The grace that God gives me, may I be able to give you words of grace that is building you up, gives you peace, and has given me peace. And together, we can make new memories. You might have been hurt from another church you might have been hurt from another past you might have been hurt from a different relationship but the God of peace and grace wants to give you grace which is another word for mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to lift you up and build you up now brother guy just had a class on mouth-to-mouth resuscitation brother guy would you and brother Jake come demonstrate mouth-to-mouth resuscitation Negative. Don't blame you, buddy. But anyway, a guy bought balloons and here. Anyway, listen. The thing about it is, is that grace speaks of giving someone 
mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Because when you're lonely and you're hurt, sometimes, like David said, no one to give me pity, no shoulder to cry on, I just want to call it quits. And we want to come against suicide today. You know, there are suicidal spirits that even attack the body of Christ. And you know it because you might have fought it. And the loneliness and the tears and the crying on the inside. Of just, I just want to be loved and accepted. And this is what Christ wants to do. That's why so many people fall into addictions and fall in with the wrong crowds. Marry the wrong people. How many of you know if a guy comes in here with dark sunglasses and it's nighttime, you, you watch for that guy? How many of you know you look at people and, and you watch that you just don't fall into the wrong crowd? Because many times the reason you get in trouble is because you're so lonely that you find somebody who's going to accept you and call, invite you. But Psalms 1 says sometimes that's not always the right thing that's going to bring you blessing, going to bring you prosperity. I want to show you the scripture here. In Galatians. Chapter 5, 19 through 21 in the message, it says, It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex. A stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage. Doesn't it sound like I wrote the message translation? Stinking, (laughs) frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness. Trinket gods. Magic show religion. Paranoid loneliness. Cutthroat competition. All-consuming yet never satisfied wants. A brutal temper. An importance to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits. I'll stop there. You can, you can read the rest. These are areas where it's saying, listen, this is cheap. Don't go for a drug. Don't go for, for, for just getting in, in, in debt because you're trying to find happiness. I just heard today that th- there is something called Everclear. How many has ever heard of Everclear. How do y'all know what Everclear is? Do you know what? Some of y'all, I just saw some of y'all laugh. Some of y'all know what Everclear is. You don't want to admit. You know what Everclear is? That's right below moonshine. It's stronger than regular stuff and it's right below moonshine. Everclear. Now you know it because, uh huh. I see it in your eyes. Well, we ought to have a camera right now. On some, oh, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's not what you used on your floor. That's what you drink. Everclear. And it's so easy to fall into these things. You know another area of loneliness, parents? Mom and dad, you may be lonely, but do you know 50% of American children woke up without a real father? You know how many children are hurting because of feeling abandoned and alone and their stepdad just doesn't love them and accept them as much as a real dad does? And so you wonder why is she fooling around with that boy? Why is he dating that girl? Why are they into all of these things? Well, they're lonely and they're hurting and they're not getting what God wants to give them. But Father, in Jesus' name, I break that orphan, abandoned spirit off of any child or teenage or college age today and I pray your peace and your grace over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me share something with you. Do you know that 30% of the inmates who are freed get arrested within six months of being released? Do you know I've had inmates talk to me? And do you know that they have gotten out of prison after like 12 years or more? They've gotten out of prison. 
got home with their wife and no time at all, they're checking back into prison to sleep. They miss the familiarity of prison. They miss with sleeping with some big old guy named Joe. I mean, they miss just being around with the people they were with. They're hurting and they're lonely. So instead of having a normal lifestyle, they want to go back to the old. And they did that study on inmates. But how about on many people that you've had a change of life and you've made a new beginning. And things isn't working out for you, so you think, you know what? What did Peter say? I'm going back fishing. You know what? I know he'll take me back because he always takes me back. But you always end up in the same way you were before you went back to him. It's time for grace and it's time for a new beginning. And it's time to cut it off so that you don't go back to the old lifestyle and to the old guy or the old girl that you know will accept you back in a moment. But you know what it's going to cost you to go back to him or her. God wants to fill that void. We were at the Dane coffee shops. And I was, I was watching the people. You know what's surprising? When I was a teenager, before I was married, I'd be standing up, you know, in Dairy Queen with my cowboy hat on. And, uh, you know, girl passed by and say, hey, can I buy you an ice cream? Hey, you want, you want a Coke? Can I buy you some tater tots? I mean, you know, you, you, you know I mean, you know, when you're, you're in there chilling, man. You, you know, you're trying to, um, you know, pick up a date or something in Dairy Queen in Ville Platte, you know. I mean, the pickings were hard, you know. <laughs> Before Cindy came, there was two girls that come in, uh, you know, every Friday night, you know. But anyway, you know, you're trying to meet somebody. But you, what I know, you know what I noticed about the coffee shop? They're on their computers. And they're in their own world. And they're a guy or they're a girl. And some girl passes by and some guy passes by. And they don't even look up because they're in their own world. And yet they need some type of fix to fix them because they're lonely. Listen, don't buy the world's way of fixing loneliness. Don't go to Facebook. Don't go to Twitter. Don't go to uh, email. Don't go to the, the, uh, all these different things to try to fulfill a void. It will not satisfy. It, Paul said the name Jesus seven times in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 to 11. Seven times he said, only the presence of the Most High God is able to fill you and completely and is able to touch you where nothing or nobody else can. It's only Jesus. Can totally satisfy you. Listen to this. 42% of Christian women feel lonely. This is in the Christian magazine. Only 42% 42 of Christian women feel lonely. You know what makes some ladies, some of our sisters lonely? Miscarriages. Cannot get pregnant. They're happily married. They love the Lord. But there's a void inside and they want it so hard and now they're up late at night and they're going through all this pain. Why? They lost a child. Or they wanted to get pregnant. And they're looking, where am I going to get hope? Who's going to help me? Well, that's why we always say, hug in there, shake a hand. Don't be in a hurry to rush out of here. You know, meet somebody uh, uh, of the same sex. Uh, you know, uh, that sounded bad. <laughs> meet somebody, but behave yourself is what I meant. You know? Uh, yeah, no, we're not that type of church. I'm not saying that. But anyway, meet somebody. Because you know what? When my wife and I were in, in, in working with the Mayan Indians, 
Y'all give me grace today, okay? When, when, when we were working the Mayan Indians, our interpreter was Pasiano Tomasa, and they had about five or six kids. And one of their children was a five, six-year-old boy where she went to a government-paid hospital, which that's all they had, and they gave her that injection not to get pregnant. But she got pregnant, she had this child, and this child was born abnormal. He was totally unmovable, out of his mind, out of his senses. He just lay there. He was all crippled up, and he just lay there. And it's amazing that they would pick up this child. He was pretty long. And they would pick him up when he would start having like a seizure. And they just would rub his chest. And you'd see that baby who was jerking so hard, six-year-old boy, just all of a sudden calm down. And you look in his eyes, and he couldn't talk, couldn't walk. But he talked with his eyes when he would look at his mama. Huh? Remember that? And he'd get eye contact with his mama. And his mama would rub him, and you'd see the peace come upon that child there are people we come in contact in the church and at work on the street in the grocery store they don't know how to receive words of affirmation they don't know how to receive love but there's a look of the God of the spirit of comfort on the inside of us that is able to transmit them I accept you I love you I need you and you need me there's something we can do in church and touching and reaching out and ministering to one another. You know, a lot of us say, well, you know, I don't have any friends. Can you imagine what Jesus felt after he told him that, you know, after Judas left to betray him and Peter was swearing up and down, he'd never, he'd never uh, leave Jesus. And, and then Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane and he has, says, I'll call my three closest friends to pray with me. He's going through a time of agony. He needed his friends. And where was his friends? They weren't there. They were sleeping. But he went through all that, and he knows how you feel when you've asked for something. It didn't come through, and you said, where are all my friends? And he says, I'm here. I'll never leave you. I'll forsake you. I, I took this out of a book for divorced people. Listen to what she wrote. Everyone is married. I'm sick of eating alone, sleeping alone, and being alone. I'm scared and frightened and not sane anymore. Loneliness is consuming me. And I don't know how to ham handle my emotions. I fear that loneliness will last forever. That's the cry of our heart. Could be the cry of heart of people here today that we're going to pray for you. That God will fill you with a peace supernaturally. That passes all understanding to keep your heart and your mind in peace. Because there's people feeling like I'm about ready to have a nervous breakdown. I'm about ready to check myself in. I'm about ready to check myself out. And you're here today because God wanted to give you a different type of word on joy. That to understand that loneliness is not the end. And listen, it's not the future either in the name of Jesus. Chronic loneliness results from low self-esteem, shyness, an inability to socialize, a self-defeating attitude, lack of control in social situations, hostility, or social fears. That's why I'm so excited that the college group and career is, is getting ready to get together, start reaching out to college and career so they don't have to go find friends and find their needs being met out in the world, but they can find it by close relationships here in the world. I mean in the church. We need to write down many times why. We need to write down why am I lonely? What are the reasons that I'm lonely? Then sometimes you've got to find somebody, a counselor, somebody that you know, a close friend, and communicate, this is why I feel lonely. This is why I feel like nobody loves me. So many people, many times, you, you ever know people, they live with their yearbooks, and they look in the back, and you know what the yearbooks say? Friends forever. 
It's been 30 years ago, and I never even heard from them again. You're the best. Where are they now? People come and people go, but someone who will never leave you or forsake you is Jesus Christ. Amen? So as I shared with you in Philippians 1, 2, it talks about grace and peace. God of grace coming in you and breathing and blessing you. And he talks about how in all remembrance of you, in other words, will make new memories to the grace of God and start new memories. Stay with me. Start new memories. Whatever memories you've had and you feel like your life may be over, God is able to make new memories and build you up with new testimonies. And I'm believing that for you today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to make new, say new memories. I'm going to speak grace. I live in peace. And I sow peace. And I sow words of grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we see here that to know His presence, to know Him. And then I want to... Finish up with these scriptures here in Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8. So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Verse 8 says, do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Look at this one, Psalms 22, 1 and 11. David changed his song. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far when I groan for help? Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help. Sometimes, listen, when Elijah was in that cage and he was saying, I just want to die. Sometimes you have to get alone to get out of your past. Sometimes you got to get in that cave where there's nobody but you and Jesus to get to know Jesus, to get out of where you've been, to go to where you're going. Sometimes it's not going to be a prayer group. Sometimes it's not going to be in a service. Sometimes it's not going to be through a preaching. Sometimes it's going to be you quietly before God crying out to Him and His still small voice comes and He rescues you and He picks you up. Psalms 22, verse 1, it says, no, I'm sorry, the next one. It says in John 8, 16, 29. Uh, at John 8, verse 16. I am not alone. And verse 29 says, The one who sent me, he has not left me alone. Say, I'm not alone. John 16, 32. You will never leave me all alone. Yet, no, I'm sorry. You will leave me all alone. Yet I am not alone. For my Father is with me. Look at Psalm 62, 1. My soul finds rest in God alone. How many can say you're truly there? My soul finds rest in God alone. I've grown to that point where meditating on His Word and going before Him that He satisfies me like no one else can. Now look at this, Psalm 68, verse 6. God sets the lonely in families. You don't have to be alone. You can get to know people. You can invite people. You don't have to be part of the studies of how many don't invite people to their house or get together. You don't have to be part of that. You can be a part of someone. You can be a part of this family. And 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 7, we can comfort others with the comfort wherewith we are comforted of God. You see, sometimes I go through things because I need to be with God so that what God gives me when I'm alone, I can give to others. 
Job 7.16. Listen to what Job said. I despise my life. There's a suicidal spirit right there. I despise my life, and I would not live forever. Let me alone. My days have no meaning. That's what Job said. And if you feel that way, or if it's in your heart in any way, we're going to pray for you in just a few minutes, and we're going to believe that it's going to be broken, because Jesus gave your life meaning. You don't have to despise your life. You don't have to hate yourself. Even if you had a horrible past, he came to set the captives free. Elijah ran off in 1 King 9.3. He sat down and he t- prayed to die. I had enough, God. Take my life. Now, I want to f- finish with the story of Esther. How many know Esther was an orphan? She didn't have a mother. She didn't have a father. We don't even know she had brothers or sisters. And all she, she lived with her old uncle. We don't know what the relationship was like. She had no finances. She had nothing to depend upon. But one day she got a call, and that call was, I want you to come to the court. We want to see about making you a queen. And, you know, she had no one to uh, encourage her. She had no one to stand by her. But the word came for her to go. Therefore, she had enough within her to say, you know, I have nothing to lose. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to see where this relationship will go. I want you to, today, by faith, to use discernment. But I want you to stop living on the hurts of a past relationship and step out believing and knowing that God can bring you into a relationship of someone who's not going to hurt you but help you go forward into your future. You will not be able to go where you need to go alone. That's why God wants to open up doors and God wants to heal you and God wants to provide for your needs so that He can satisfy you in the most inner parts of your being. So you're not dependent upon things that happen or, you know, I, I, I've tried this before and this is where it got me. I tried this type of relationship and it, it just hurt me. But listen, you cannot give up on mankind. You cannot give up on church. You cannot give up on ministers. You cannot give up on leadership. You cannot give up on different ministries. You cannot give up on one another. You've got to know and believe God that God is doing a work within His body and that what's going to come of importance in these days is relationships more than things. That my relationships, like Marilyn Monroe said, I have people to listen to me because I pay them. That's not what people are looking for. I don't want you to be my friend because I've got a boat. I don't have a boat. I want to be your friend if you got a boat. But anyway... (laughs) You, you don't want friendships built upon what they can do for you, who they are. And maybe if I become their friend, th- then I can get to where I want to go. No, you want to be the friend of the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And He will open doors to get you where you need to go. Don't let the past hold you back. Grace is here to tell you, I want to give you new memories. Now, I just ask you, if you don't mind, just bow your head and close your eyes. Everyone, no one looking around. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. I'm coming to an end. But this was so important today. The Father cared so much today. I felt it in my heart. He wanted to speak this to you. And as your eyes are bowed and your heads are closed, I just... I just want you just to right there where you are. If you are fighting any area of loneliness, this is so important. If you are fighting any area of loneliness, you feel alone. If you have been feeling alone for a long time, would you raise your hand? Right there where you are. Just raise your hand. 
Okay, you can put it down. Number of hands everywhere. Is there anybody here this morning? You have been fighting thoughts of suicide because of loneliness or because of things that have happened in your life. I won't embarrass you. Just put your hand up. Oh, my God. And then put your hand down. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. No one looking around. Church, pray, 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 pray. There was at least six or more hands that raised for suicide. I want the Christians praying. I want the church praying. Because Jesus came to rescue and he came to restore. Taking your life is not the answer. Heavenly Father, I come against imaginations, thoughts and strongholds, against the mind of those whose hands and whose heart you see. I pray for grace and I pray for mercy upon those, Father, who have been thinking, like Job, I don't want to live, my life has no meaning, I want to end it. Through the authority of the name of Jesus, which is the name above all names, I come against every form of the spirit of suicide and death wish. I break any word off of your lips. I'd rather, I'd rather be dead. I'd be better off dead. I just wish I could die. I break those words off of your lips and I pull it out of your heart in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I pray the peace of God in your heart and in your mind to rule and not thoughts of suicide or death. I come against hopelessness and brokenness. I come against hope deferred. I come against anguish of mind and anguish of spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray for mercy, mercy. I pray for mercy, my God. Over these men and women and boys and girls who have raised their hand today. I pray that your mercy will rain out upon them and pour upon them. And touch their lives and heal them. Of the hurts and pains, rejections, insecurities. I come against any cracks in the soul. And I pray that you heal the soul of every man and woman here today. Now, Father, you saw the hands of those who raised their hand. They're lonely. They're hurting. Others didn't raise their hands, but they go through bouts of it too. I pray for mercy, and I pray for grace, and I pray for comfort. Paul said, all have abandoned me, but you, God, strengthen me, and I stand alone, but you shall deliver me. I pray for their deliverance and I pray, Father, that you will fill them with your presence and peace and give them a heart to worship you and to hear your voice at the times that they're just ready to end it. I come against loneliness. I come against walls because of the past or because of their childhood, even from the mother's womb. I pray that walls will be broken down and bridges will be built. I pray for a healing of trust. I pray for... A Spirit of faith to raise up in their heart to trust and have faith in their fellow man. I pray for healing of the wounds and the hurts of the past. Come against every form of rejection and self-rejection, self-hate, and the authority of the name of Jesus. And Lord, we confess that you didn't only come to save us, you are here to deliver and set us free. And I pray your delivering power over minds and hearts and lives today. 
Pray for that wife who goes to bed and she cries because she feels lonely even though she's married. Pray for the husband that feels he has no companion and he's all alone, yet he's married. I pray for the single. I pray for the mother who's desiring a child cannot have or is miscarriage. I pray for the young person whoever they are, who's battling in school or college and they're feeling rejection and they go to school and they feel alone and they feel like no one loves them or acceptance. I pray the spirit of acceptance and love within their lives in Jesus' precious name. Father, I believe that your body without spot or wrinkle also represents a body that is whole and complete in their soul and in their mind. And I pray, Father, that you heal the brokenhearted, restore life to them, and breathe grace into them again. I ask this in Jesus' name. And the most important question of this morning, as your eyes are bowed, closed and your head is bowed, the most important question. If you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if you are here today and you don't know that if you would die after this service, you don't know if you would go to heaven or hell, you don't even know if your sins are forgiven. You're scared of damnation. It drives you crazy wondering if something would happen to you. Where would you spend eternity? Well, today you can be delivered of that fear and receive the assurance that if you confess Christ, you shall be saved. If you want to confess Christ and invite Him into your heart as your Lord and Savior, would you please raise your hands today? Raise your hand right there where you are saying, I want to receive forgiveness of sins and salvation of my life. Anyone at all. God bless you, young man. Anyone at all? Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, sis. I see that hand. Anyone else? I've got to surrender my life. I need a change. I need a new life. Anyone else at all? Anyone here? I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you, sir. I see that hand. I see that hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Today is the day of salvation for you. Don't leave here like you came. He can make you new and you can leave here a new person with your name in the Lamb's book of life. Never to fear hell again a day in your life. Is there anyone else here today? You know you've got to get your life right with Christ. Maybe you have accepted him before but you've wandered away and you're not right. Would you please raise your hand and say, I want to come back to my father. Anyone at all, anyone at all, would you raise your hand? With those who raise their hand, would you come and let me pray with you, please? Would you come and 